Death is better than money. There it is. Get pretty. You finally ready for this show? I think I'm ready. Well, that's okay. good because this is Pop Culture Yearbook. On this oh, show, we yeah. pick pieces of pop culture that were important to us in a given year. We then discuss memories and dig into those movies, albums, shows, and more. I'm Brad. I'm Pete. And I'm Giff. And before we start tonight, guys, I just got one question for you. I know what it is. You ready for this question? Um, you I'm know ready. what this is? Oh, Pete, I want to know if you're really. I, I, I'm going to let you. I'm going to let hey, you Pete. say it. Pete, when you yeah. make love, do you look in your mirror? <laughs> that, that wasn't what I thought it was. Oh, I thought you were going to ask him uh, Armageddon. It. <laughs> no. <laughs> what did you think I was going to ask you, Pete? I thought it was going to be, "Are you ready to rock?" or something like that. Oh no, but no, no. That wouldn't have made sense. No, but seriously, I want to know. Do you look in your mirror? <laughs> Yeah, well, no. Oh, please don't answer that, please. <laughs> oh, boy, Def Leppard. Def Leppard here. Yes. If you want to start talking about him. I love this band. This uh, this album, Hysteria, which we are going to cover tonight, was massive in my childhood. Um, I remember uh, mowing lawn. Took me two and a half hours with a push lawnmower to mow my lawn, mm. and... Three, I, I would have you my You guys Walkman. didn't have a riding lawnmower on a farm? Yeah, Oh, yeah, we did. But mom didn't like the yard around the house done with a riding lawnmower. She didn't oh, like the I like But how big was it that it took two and a half yeah, hours? Yeah, really. Though. I'm on a farm, and the lawnmower is what? Probably got a... Yeah, but you're talking about the yard around the house. Dude, the perimeter of the house was a push mower. It was huge. The my rest brother, of it, you can do that. My brother got to do the ditch and in the trees with the riding lawnmower, and I had to do around the house with the push mower. So anyway, well, I, I love, love your mom's attention lawnmower. to detail and care oh, yeah. for her yard because I would be all for that. I and I did a great job. But as I did this lawn mowing, I had my Walkman, and there were three cassettes that I would listen to, <laughs> and it would be New Jersey by Bon Jovi, and it would yeah. be Look What the Cat Dragged In by Poison. Oh my! Uh-huh. And hysteria by Def Leppard. I we might I have to do a lawn mowing episode, like <laughs> top five albums for mowing the lawn. For mowing That's the true. lawn. Well, I yeah. listened to this the other day while I was mowing the lawn. Hysteria. So yeah, it's good stuff. I uh, I not on a Walkman though. You know what? No. I actually did too. Come to think of it, this is a great lawn mowing album. <laughs> That's... Well, and with the uh, sexual undertones, you could. Um, could argue you'd be oh mowing the lawn could be a euphemism for something. That was going to be my next question my, later my on. Was hey guys, did you know that most of these songs are about sex? <laughs> well, so here's the thing. This came They're out very thinly really? veiled. When this came out in '87, I was all of 11 years old, and to be honest with you, the lyrics I could I really could not understand most of the lyrics because uh, yeah I know I was I, I was actually surprised on a few of them when mm-hmm. studying this for this episode like man that's not how I always thought it was for the last <laughs> 35 years correct yes that's exactly correct so I, I I read this one this thing once actually I, I think I heard it actually that um Mick Jagger always talked about how the way you would say words were more about the song itself or how it sounded, not necessarily pronouncing words properly. Yeah. And I think Def Leppard might have taken that to heart because well, there's a, a lot, lot of, times, of words. Like, 
I'll sing along and sing all the words to the song, but you, I don't think about them at all, like what they're even mm-hmm. saying or what they mean. This podcast has made me learn so much about albums yes. that I that I've loved my whole life, but never even really thought about. Mm-hmm. I just and like just the way they sound when you find out what they are, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, so, I will never listen to this one again. <laughs> so for me, yes, listening to it this time and actually going through the lyrics. This is a pretty suggestive, um, or actually not even suggestive in a lot of cases, just pretty much right in your face with the lyrics. So that was not on my mind back then so much, is this was just awesome music, and I loved it. And this album was just so formative for me um, that I had to pick it for this year. Um, Like I said on our first episode of the month if i didn't pick this it was going to be predator the movie but um I'm i so just love this album this. i oh, just this love this album great pete, great did you, choice did you own this cassette or album pete i don't know that i ever actually owned it i remember my brother owning if i remember correctly i think he owned the pyromania album. oh my god you're like stealing my entire shtick right here <laughs> <laughs> so that's our brothers were older and they don't even like this and album i'm they, sure they had the vinyl I, and he had the, uh, i'm pretty sure that he had the vinyl if uh, if i recall correctly but of uh, pyromania not hysteria though but i you know this is one that always got played on the on the bus going to middle school it was one of about three or four that just got played repeatedly mm-hmm. i remember some of these songs that we'll get into playing you know playing at the middle school dance Yes, and uh, uh, we'll we'll get into that in a moment. My comments on this were as I was watching some of the videos. Uh, my comparison here, I come with another analogy. When Joe Maurer played, you would always say, if you're going to teach your kid how to hit a baseball, you want to show them Joe Maurer. Uh, you know, videos of Joe Maurer. Mm-hmm. I say, if you want to teach your kid how to be a rock star show them Def Leppard because they were, they just seemed to just have it all. Everything was just fundamentally exactly the way it needed to be. If you're going to be an eighties rock band, like they were. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you think of just when you think of eighties rock band, this is the one that is the epitome of, of, <laughs> I know it's epitome. I'm not, <laughs> you know, I'm not an idiot. <laughs> It's like, wait a minute. <laughs> no, but uh, um, they, they really are. Just they are the uh, prototype example of what an 80s rock band should be. And this album just exemplified all of it. Well, Pete, so. I would say one thing that Def Leppard would be the type of band to change epitome to epitome to make it yes. rhyme and make it sound good in a song. So yes, I think you honor done. them by calling them the epitome of a epitome of making love. <laughs> my uh, my first two notes here are identical to Pete. I I never actually owned this either. Oh, but you know, and because I watched the uh, classic albums that you can watch on Amazon about this, mm-hmm. and they've described it's a greatest hits album. That's what it is. And so you heard. Almost all of it on the radio so many times. Mm-hmm. You, you, it was no need to buy it. Seven singles off of this. Yeah. yeah. So, Charged. and but my brother, who graduated in 87, he also owned Pyromania on cassette. And I had listened to that lots of times. And mm-hmm. I I will go to my grave saying Rock of Ages 
and Photograph are oh, two of the like so top good. five, ten songs of all the 80s. Rock of Ages is probably my absolute favorite, most personal favorite song of the entire decade. Mm-hmm. I cannot listen to that song enough times still. So mm-hmm. I'm a huge fan of Pyromania, and I listened to it again before this to compare because I know that um, So my, my brother-in-law, Craig, and I'm sure my brother too, they were huge fans of Def Leppard before, and this album is the one that kind of turned them actually off, even though mm-hmm. this was the giant album. If you were an older guy and a, and a lover of this band, this wasn't necessarily for you to. The analogy I made is it's kind of like the Black Album for Metallica fans, a lot of them who just you know will not own mm-hmm. that one and just despise that. Or even for me, I love R.E.M., but there's a lot of fans that look at Out of Time as like, one of their worst albums, which I think is just utterly ridiculous. But that was their like big breakthrough, best-selling album. Yep. But there's a lot of fans that like that's not for them. It's just it's not cool to like the one that's the biggest. Sure. However, when I listen to Pyromania in this, there is a clear, distinct difference. I think mm-hmm. between them, and I can totally understand why somebody who loved the band earlier might not have really cared for this as much. But we were 11 years old, so. Yep. What it and we here. were finding our own musical path, and this was so, this was the one that jumped out at the right time. Yeah, and you speaking know? of the seven singles and everything, the the goal when they wrote this album was to be a hard rock version of Thriller. Yes, yeah, that's what I. Yeah, that was my note. Mm-hmm. I was going to say that. Oh, sorry. Oh, Brad stole. But, one and, but it was it was Mutt Lang was the producer. Yes, and so that's my that was going to be my comment is that. Um, I wonder if that's why was because he said that he wanted um, he wanted those hits that became all just monster hits. Um, He wanted these songs to be more radio friendly so that they could become hits. And that may be why Def Leppard and maybe some of these other examples that you named, uh, maybe they got away a little bit from who they truly were, um, that the diehard fans may not have liked them. Because they were, they were setting out to write giant hits. And so it's going to have a little different sound. And one thing I found interesting is that even though they're from England, Pyromania wasn't that big in England. It was, it was huge in America. And so we think of it as huge, but it wasn't as big there. It wasn't as big of a hit. This one definitely was more of a breakthrough kind of in their, in their home country over there, which I think is kind of crazy so do you do you think any of it has to do with the fact that you had uh rick allen's accident so you had four years in between albums do you think they just took that time and maybe overproduced it a little bit or took a little bit too much time to really well i think it's both something they set out with the goal to write all these hits and so it's going to take a long time. And then they want, you know, when you have that goal, everything's got to be just perfect. And mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. became one of the most expensive records ever made ever in made. history because they just kept going at it for so long to get it just right. And right. I mean, to their credit, they they ended up getting it right for what they wanted to do. Well, and Phil Collins cost a lot of money and took a lot of time. And, and they're they're also considered a cursed band with all the stuff they've been through. Right. Well, and Phil Collin had had said in an interview that they needed to sell five million copies to break even. Right. Because of the expense that was put into making this album. Well, and the other thing that I learned that I didn't realize is this album did not 
start off very well. It Ooh. was it was a slow burn, and they were a little worried about it, and then it just took off. Well, and how do you not? Because in in England, Animal was the lead single, but here it was Woman. Like Woman, I like Woman. I think it's a good Women. song. Women, sorry, women. I Women's like, a good I like woman. song. I like woman. I like, I like me woman. gift. Me like woman. <laughs> <laughs> um, but animal is so much better. Like, well, here's the deal. Animal is one of my favorites, and we'll get to all these. But the biggest surprise to me listening to this album over again, besides the songs I didn't really know much, was women, and I'll get to that when we talk about it. But that one really, it was not at all how I remembered it. No. Okay. I can also see why it wouldn't have been a great first single, but I can also see why they maybe chose it as a first single. So I don't know if you're ready to get into it or not yet, but. Well, I no, wanted I, to cover I... cover just a couple of things, just a few stats. So this album did win two AMA awards in 89 um, for, I believe, best rock group and album. Um, it's the fourth studio album, sold 20 million copies, had... Um, Seven singles. The album charted number one in the U.S. and U.K. 40th best-selling U.S. album of all time. And this spent 96 weeks, the album did, spent 96 weeks in the U.S. top 40. And for the 1980s, that's tied for the most with Born in the U.S.A. I mean, just absolutely massive. Uh, Rolling Stone and the Ringer, which uh, is uh, a podcasting and online um, publication, have Hysteria ranked as the number one hair band album of all time. Yes. That said, do you think that Def Leppard is actually, and this may sound crazy, are they a little bit underrated? Here's what I mean by that. Why does, uh, okay, you got other great bands. Okay, Aerosmith, everybody everybody can name right away Steven Tyler. Okay, mm-hmm. Rolling Stones, everybody knows Mick Jagger, whatever. I don't think that- His name people, is Joe Elliott. Right, I don't <laughs> think that people know Joe Elliott. They wouldn't be able to, you wouldn't be able to go on the well, street. Well, a lot, say, who's, who's you're who's right. Need probably not as leopard. many. They probably don't know as... the band like that, like they know some of the other ones. And I don't think they've been as visible yeah. in, in an odd way. Um, it's like they haven't been as visible as some of those other bands that I mentioned. Everybody knows, okay, Bon Jovi. That's John Bon Jovi, right? Yeah. Well, his name's in the band. (laughs) Well, Gene Simmons. That was a joke. That was it. I mean, Kiss is nothing in my I do think part of it could be that Def Leppard, I mean, so their first three albums up through Pyromania, they were pretty big, but they weren't giant. And then you had this big gap. And then, I mean, this is just, you know, huge, huge. But then, like, they have hits after that, and they're still a band today. Yep. But, like, like their time at the top after this is done, they kind of those peaked. other bands, like Aerosmith, they've been up and down and huge through through three different decades at least. Like, all maybe right, that might yeah. be part. And the Rolling Stones, I mean, they're one of the greatest bands of all time. So it might be longevity that you're getting at peace. I, I think it might. It could be. Because you look at, Brad said, the first three weren't huge hysteria is massive and then they come out with adrenalize in 92 which, which by the way is after never mind so we've right already got and that's the my point is you're, you're getting in grunge at that point and the hair bands are going yeah. the way of the dodo at that point 
you don't have that longevity and you only have one really massively commercial success, even though, you know, you guys would argue Pyromania and a lot of people would argue Pyromania is the best. Well, that, and it's, that was pretty massive too, but yeah, it's, that's it. Mm -hmm. So. I don't know. To answer your question, Pete, that's my theory on what you're saying. You get you get my point, though. Right? I do. I mean, it's, oh yeah. He, I totally. He himself, while you might recognize him right away, and like you said, he is a rock star, and you know the Union Jack shirts and everything. Yep. But yeah, you're right. A lot of people wouldn't know him by name as well as some of those other guys you're talking about. Right. Correct. So. All right. Now we can well, go let's, to the album. Well, can I ask you? Oh, maybe it's good yeah, to do yeah. this before. So. I asked you if you both could to listen to Pyromania, and Gifford, I know you said you did. Did you listen to it, Pete? I did not get time because we were at Valley Fair yesterday, the uh, Six Flags of Minnesota. It's not actually <laughs> Six Flags, but the Disney World. I was having a great time, and then I was working all day today, and I did not get a chance to listen okay. to it. And then I had to prep for this right episode. Well, you can just go away for a couple of minutes then. So, and yes. I didn't get all the way through it. Sorry. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, well, just listening to it, though, did you notice a difference like I did, or did you have any comment about that? Well, so for me, I don't know the album as well, so I know the hits off of it. And I agree with you, Rock of Ages is one of the best. I, I mean, I love that song. You, you can't get away from it. It's not my favorite, but it's such a banger that, you know, so when the hits came on, it was like, well, I guess to me, I it's, was all, to more me like, it's all Def Leppard. I guess I didn't hear a musical right. difference or vibe to it. I was thinking that more of the, not the hits, but like the album as a whole, what you heard. Because to me, it's much more like hard rock. It's definitely mm -hmm. more like traditional. And and they even said when, when Hysteria came out, the, the name they gave for it is it was called Pop Metal. Yep. Because it was, I mean, these are pop hits. And so I just think... You, I don't know. To me, I don't really know how to define it exactly, but there's definitely a difference. And and they would probably agree because that's what they set out to do. But when you go back and listen to Pyromania through like the idea of like, OK, if you were a fan of them in 83 and then why didn't you like them in 87? I can see the difference. And then lyrically too, some of the, you know, like as much as we all love pour some sugar on me, I mean, I got there's some lyrics on this album that just make me really cringe and. <laughs> So <laughs> you think? Yeah, we'll yeah, get into there's, that. There's some tough ones for sure. So anyway, I, I look at Pyromania is a better rock album, mm -hmm. and this is a that. pop. This is a pop album, really. Even though it's it's metal, I mean it's hair metal, but it's it's more poison like. Whereas uh, Pyromania is more, I don't know. Pick pick a pick it's a better. Just, it's just rock got band. a harder edge. Yeah, you know. So. Yeah, and I like them both. They're they're different. There's yep. time for both. Yes, different does not mean bad. All right, let's start talking about these sex songs. All right, so right off the bat, we're going to start with women. And if you if you start listening to this song and you're not familiar with Def Leppard, we start off with a nice little Bible lesson. So you might be thinking, this might be a Christian rock band. <laughs> you know, in the beginning, God made the land. He Then he made the water and the creatures. Then he made man. Like... Oh, this is going to be wholesome and good and wonderful. And pretty quick on, it's uh, pretty evident this is not a Christian rock band. And if this song is any indication of most of the songs on the album, it's a lot about relations. 
A lot about the sexy time. I wrote that it's an ode to creation of women and staunch heterosexuality. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Skin on skin. <laughs> Let the love begin. Yes. <laughs> that was the line I have written down from this that's, song. That's my Joe Elliott. Oh, my God. <laughs> Thank you. <It's... laughs> my, my memory of this song, though, is this is one that I did not like, that it was a lame song, because all I can remember is the chorus. Mm-hmm. Which is, you know, the lyrics are a little bit out there. But yeah, this song starts, and the in my my theory is the reason why this is the first song on the album and the first single is because it starts. It sounds more like Pyromania than anything else. This is actually a. It, it, I didn't even recognize it when it started. I was like, "Is this the right song? This is not what I remember." I think it's <laughs> a rocking song. I think it's. Mm-hmm. I really like it much better than I remembered it at all. It's got a great long intro. Yep. Um, I do think yeah, I love this, the intro. Yeah, this is going to be a trend. It's for an opening song. It's a little bit long, which I'm going to say about a lot on this album. Every song is. I know. Long. Yes, it's, it's a long way album. Longest album long. they've ever done. But I wonder if the radio cuts. I, I'm, I'm wondering if the radio cuts must have been shorter. Probably they must have been. Um, I'm thinking right. you could easily have cut these cut these songs. Shorter. But outside of being a little long, man, just going re- back and listening to the same thing like, over and over again. It was fun because it's like I didn't expect it and mm-hmm. I love this song now again. Yeah, this mm-hmm. is this is a good one. And for me it's, it's hard. It's it's good. It's pretty much the the first side of the album is just banger after banger after banger. Oh Six my god, hits. it's all bangers. Yep. And then the backside. Yeah, she falls off pretty heavy, but you get a few bangers I there disagree. too. You got, well, you got uh, yeah. some bangers back there too, but I just find it interesting, side, including, including, including like the, the title track, which we're not. If you had the vinyl or the cassette, all the hits except for one are on one side, mm-hmm. and it's just weird that it's not mixed up somewhat different. I kind of thought so too. But then I, when I the sec the first song on the second side, I kind of have a theory of what that's there for too. So anyway, we'll get to that. Right. Oh. So. <laughs> Pete talked about how you could have your radio edits. Um, Rocket is one of those songs where there's a lot of just extra stuff in there with the flight control and everything like that. Did but we this... finish women? Did oh, we have anything to say about it? Did we uh, did we I'm... finish women? <laughs> <laughs> that would be a first. Oh yeah, the same thing. I think what I, I I do think we're finished. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know if you had with, said everything. I, I think we're finished with women. <laughs> um, no, I think basically I was able to throw in what I wanted to, but I did. I um, you know with anytime we do an album, I always try and watch the videos, and so mm-hmm. this video um, that I found on YouTube, it's got like the comic book. It's like a superhero comic book thing. They're kind of going back and forth between. They're just rocking out in a warehouse, which is basically every single one of their videos. But then it's intertwined with uh, with the comic book thing. And I think it was, you know, a lot of this to me, I, I was kind of thinking as sort of like the love hate relationship that men have with women. Right. It's sort of the uh, I don't know. Dichotomy can't without them. The dichotomy. Yes, the, exactly. The lyrics, but maybe it's important, right. you know, also. Exactly. Exactly. Now we can go on to Rocket. All right. Well, this song, I absolutely love this song. I know there's a lot of uh, extracurriculars in there with the voiceovers, Guitar, the flight, drums, flight control. But 
this song at its core first off right off the bat i love like the syncopated drum beat in the in the beginning that's the best part of the song i just love it absolutely love it um but at at the core of this song it's a it's a tribute song it's a tribute to a lot of other like several other great rock stars it's it's a tribute to their influences growing up that's true yes so you've got you've got jack flash that's for the stones rocket man is elton sergeant pepper beatles uh ziggy uh is bowie benny and the jets back to elton jet black the stranglers johnny b uh chuck berry thanks to marvin berry from back to the future correct um uh gene gene bowie again killer queen uh we got uh, for Queen, Dizzy Lizzy for Bowie again, Major Tom. Uh, Love Laser references T-Rex and Satellite of Love, a song that R- Lou Reed did. Uh, Lou Reed did. So it's oh. a tribute through and through. Um, and I like a tribute song. I'm a sucker for a good tribute song. And they're showing pictures of all of them in the video, too. Pete, like, add uh, that to uh, the list of things Gifford's a sucker for. Oh, there's <laughs> going to be another one. <laughs> there's there's gonna be another one you know what i'm not a sucker for what's that this song really i hate this song oh wow let me guess it's it's because it's too short uh well first of all it's over six minutes long which is ridiculous (laughs) uh you said there's you you even said there's so much superfluous stuff going on i don't like the sound of it i don't like shouting out the names of the instruments that are in the band uh we know what you have (laughs) plus the way he Drums. sings this, he, he's singing in this like snotty voice that every once in a while he does. And I usually do not like that, especially in this song. So this is where you go from an over five minute song to then this is over six minutes. And then you realize this whole album's over an hour long. And it's like, uh, let, let's get with it here. And so I, uh, this is one I didn't remember hating it. But after listening to it again in this in this research, Yep. I found that I am not a fan. So we Brad loves nothing more it. when he starts an album than to get it over with. <laughs> <laughs> not if it's well, good. <laughs> we may have just lost a lot of listeners for this podcast with by saying by saying that you hate Rocket by his by uh, Def Leppard. Mm-hmm. Why I can have um, my opinion. You can like. Can, it. I don't care if you, you like it. Pete, you and I will bring them right, right back. It's the we'll bring them back. We, got, we will. There's seven hits on this album. I There's think gonna be is. one that you don't like as much. This is my yep. one that I do not like. Yeah, all right. It's your sneaky. By far. The of the other one, there's one other one that I'm not a huge fan of. And then there's one I have a love-hate relationship with. And then there's four that I really, really like. Okay. I actually, you know what? I, I, there's a part of me I have written down. I kind of agree with Brad a little <laughs> bit because um, I, I think the same thing on the Satellite of Love piece, the way that he sings it, it is a little bit, I don't know if I want to say Snotty. twangy, but yeah, you said, I, I don't know if that's sneering, the right like word. Sneering. Like sneering. Yes. Yeah. Sneering. Well, and you can't it's even understand sort of like what he a says. Yeah, I never knew it what, like what he said. Satellite. <laughs> like, 
unless you read the lyrics that it's satellite of love but that gets back but to it's still it's still a fun song good. overall yeah I, I i don't hate the song overall there's just a couple of things that are just annoying you know in a in a song that long there's going to be some things you love and some things you hate there's going to be everything in, in and that kind of a song there's parts that i get why people would sing along and like you said it, i could see why somebody would say it's a fun song and yeah, maybe yeah. at three minutes i maybe i would agree unfortunately sure, it's twice that long you can, I couldn't even get and skip to, to skip. the next song if you want to you because know. that's good because the next one is an awesome song well and yes. just one last note on this i'm not quite sure what his the lyric i'll be your rocket could possibly mean so i don't think there's any sexual innuendo in this song so it doesn't really fit in with um the rest of the most of the album. <laughs> All right, let's move on to one of the best songs. I don't think anybody can have a bad thing to say about our number three song on this album, Animal. One of the I, greatest songs. I of have all almost time. no notes. I just wrote, "This is a song that really still holds up to me. It's a mm-hmm. highlight, and I and I still love it. I don't know. I don't have anything specific to say about it other than it's about lust. A little bit. <laughs> so I always thought it was love. I thought it I was, did too. Yeah. Always until uh, until researching for this podcast my whole life i thought it was love because it would make sense but lust also makes sense too but uh um i don't know it's it it is just a banger if you're at a party this is the one that we're all going to be putting our arms around each other and just yelling it uh, along with it and um just a great song i don't have much else to add well i got a few things on it again great lead in amazing lead in but for me, it kicks in when you get to the, I got the feeling in my blood. I mean, oh, that, yeah. I, it's just, yeah. sing it for us, Giff. I got, no, I won't. Okay, so. <laughs> Come on. Um, here's a line that never worked with me for the with the ladies. I need your touch, don't need your love. <laughs> like that one and gonna take your love and run. You know, pretty, pretty clear intentions. Well, it's uh, about lust. Tell them that. Yep. I mean, those yep. lyrics actually get kind of some of these lyrics don't, but that kind of fits. And I mean, it makes this is he knows what he's writing about. Yep. Get in, get out. That's what he wants. Yep. Very clear. And then um, get in, get out. Nobody gets hurt. You remember that Saturday Night Live skit? <laughs> Come on. No, pa, 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 pa. Dana Carvey. I think it was Dennis. Not Miller. recalling. I think it was probably Kevin Nealon, and they just didn't get the plan. They couldn't. Never mind. All right, then. Okay. Go look well, it up. In and, and out, nobody gets hurt. I'm looking it up right now. Um, and then with the great lead-in, I also love towards the end uh, the call and repeat of the, and I right. want, and I want, and I need. Well, like you said, like I Pete mean, said, just you could so good. Everybody in a group can just sing along and shout back and forth. I mean, it's yeah. fun. Yes. And that's where it repeats itself so much. I mean, they can cut it down on the radio. They'll pod down. They don't. It, all it is is repeating itself over mm-hmm. and over again at the end. So, But when it's a good song, it works better than like in rock. I know. So, right. I don't yep. think of this one as being too long or repetitive. Um, no. So well done. Whatever. Well, and one of the shorter songs on the album at just over four minutes. Oh, there you go. So, um, but yeah, for me, this is. This is my second favorite song on the album, and it's Ooh. it's awesome and it holds up. And this I is one of the it. four singles that I still really love. Okay, 
women being one that I didn't know I love, but it's, so that's two of my four so far. If you're keeping track at home, awesome. Um, are <laughs> we moving on? If you're scoring at home, or even if you're by yourself, <laughs> if you're scoring at home, you might be listening to this album. <laughs> yeah, and planning your pickup lines like uh, I don't need your touch. Don't I need your touch? Don't need your love. Um. So number four on the album. Um, the first kind of ballad, I guess, slower yeah. song with Love Bites. And the and the first, uh, and was it only number one hit that yes, they've ever had? Yes, only number one hit. Really? Which I surprised that this is the only one off this album that reached number one. I mean, there's others that made number two, so really close, but. Right. I would have thought the next one. But this one of all songs number to be one number hit. one, was, I guess I didn't realize that. Yeah, this was massive. This was when you, uh, you know, Grab that special someone at the middle school dance and, and your mirror. Close. Don't forget your mirror. Don't forget your mirror. <laughs> yes. Yes. So the big thing that this song reminds me of, um, I took a trip to the state fair for 4-H and um, we had some of the older kids that were there and they, two of them were a couple and they basically spent the entire state fair making out and listening to this one song. Nice. So, yes, wow. that's what I remember. Oh, they also, it was their only number one, but the other thing I wrote down here is this this song actually was a full year after the album was released, so. They scrambled to put this one together. Uh, oh, no, no, no. No. It, this one. I was going to get, never mind, never mind, sorry. Edit that out. <laughs> no, 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 no. I think this song, I'll, so. It's a little tease. I mentioned there's two songs that I'm not a big fan of as singles. This is the other one. I it it's fine. Like I don't hate it. I just I, it's boring to me. There's another ballad on here, which is another hit that I think yep. is just a hundred times better. But as listening to this one, I do think this one kind of has the pyromania feel, like the that electronic sound in the background. Not that it sounds like a song off pyromania, but just that like electronic sound. It makes me think of. Gunter Glieben Glauken Globen. Yep. Sure. Even though it's a much different song and I don't like it as much, but it still reminds me of that when I hear it. Well, and I think so, I, I would be remiss if I did not mention that this song also has a lot of uh, sexual undertones to it. It seems it as does. if uh, here's a guy in a relationship that's just based on sex, but he's worried that it's going to end. Um, which I don't know why he's so worried. It seems like they're having a pretty good time in this particular relationship, but um, it seems like his lover, like the part where, uh, when I'm with you, are you somewhere else? seems like he's thinking she's got one foot out the door. Mm -hmm. Well, love bites. Maybe that's part of the reason (laughs) I don't love it either. It seems kind of just cliche. I mean, there's love stinks and there's, you know, like we've heard this before, so for me, this one doesn't stand out nearly as much as a lot of the other songs do. Okay. But I, I mean, again, it's, I get why people would love it. Nice it has song. a big sound and, you know, ballads were huge. Watching the video for this one, I think I could have been a producer for 80s rock videos for songs like this because here's what you got to have. The band playing music in the studio and random cuts cuts away to a woman just randomly walking around. Walking. Yes, Pete. <laughs> I am picturing the journey separately gotta... video right now. <clears throat> yep. Yeah. She's walking yep. around looking That's for somebody to bite. Just... That's what she's doing. I think that, <laughs> I think that there was like Does a she shot have her of hands her in her pockets. Is she wearing like a vest or a little coat? It goes back and forth. Yeah, it is. I think it's 
I, I don't remember exactly what she was wearing, but I'm sure it was a like a 80s vest. <laughs> anyway, maybe a jean on. jacket. So are we the big one now? Yes, we are yes. on to the big one. Number five, pour some sugar on me. This is my number one with a bullet greatest hair band song of all time. Uh, just right away, you know, no music, just the step inside, walk this way, you and me, babe. Hey, hey, hey. hey. And I mean, you're in. That's it. That's all you need to hear. And <laughs> you're on the dance floor, and it's time to, you know, shake some booty, cut some rug. It's it's awesome. It's, it's just the best song ever for me. I do, you know, I have that great memory that you brought up on our previous episode about mm -hmm. that one middle school dance where you, me, and Rhonda were dancing to this. Yep. Um, wow. This this was at Lucky Rhonda. In middle school for a year or whatever, this was my favorite song of all time, I'm sure. This is the song I have the love-hate relationship with now, though. Okay. Oh. It's, uh, I, going back now... I, there's so much good in it that I love to still listen to. It's still fun, obviously. And if it, I've so here's what I love. I've seen them in concert twice in the last ten years. Um, and if they're going to play this in concert, I mean, you're gonna you're sucked in. It's it's freaking awesome. I yeah. mean, you you can't not like that. But like hearing it on the radio or on the album, it's like God, this this song is just. I compared it to Cherry Pie and Unskinny Bop. It's like yeah, a okay. bad yeah. song by the good or not a good band necessarily, but like. A big band, they're they're cheesy song, but still fun. Exactly, oh, so much fun. And I was eleven when it came out, so I have good memories of it. What I found interesting is that when this song first came out, it did not do that well because they were playing it on rock stations. And when they moved it to pop stations, this is seven months after the album came out. That's when it took off, and that's because it you know it does have that different sound to it. It's mm -hmm. And this was the last song they wrote for the album. This was kind of yep. thrown together. Off a little this is the one they, they were playing. Mm -hmm. And Mutt Lang wanted this one other song, and they talked it through, and they were, it turns out this was the massive one that catapulted. It was, it was when they were just wrapping up uh, producing Armageddon It, and uh, then he just kind of, sort of threw this these lyrics together, pour some sugar on me into the mic, and Mutt Lang goes wait that might be the most important song on the album yep. and so then it wasn't fully the song wasn't fully written or anything he just had these lyrics uh that, that that's all he had pour some sugar i mean that's it um and so they put they put this song together in just a matter of just a couple of weeks or something yep. and they, they had to weeks. produce it and everything and uh, <clears throat> they got it on the album just in time and it was probably the biggest song on the album and I do love it, but man, like now, and I think part of it too is we talked about lyrics earlier. I would sing along in middle school. Half no, the time, I maybe I didn't even know what the words, not necessarily what oh. they meant, but not even really what they were saying. You're just singing along. Knowing some of the words now, like I get embarrassed saying them. It's like, I don't. Well, it's... Do you take sugar, <laughs> one lump or two? Uh, yeah, no, thanks. I'm well, not it sounds that good when you're singing it. It sounds no. good. Yeah. That's all that matters. Well, and like I lyrics, agree with you, bubble, I've never liked that. It just, ew, I just don't. <laughs> well, and like there's, there's a. This lyric. is the only, by the way, this is the only uh, rock song that I'm aware of that includes the word saccharin. 
in it. Well, and to rhyme <laughs> it with one. mannequin, they say mannequin and rhyme it with saccharine. Oh, I mean, that's lyrical yes. genius. But um, so love, like, hate, love, hate. One of the first line, the first verse, uh, living like a lover with a radar phone. If you listen to it, it sounds like red iPhone. So they were way ahead of their time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is, this is, you know, 20 years before the iPhone came out and they're, you know, they're like oracles for crying out loud. Um, but one of the things I love, I mean, right off the bat, the, the, the guitar riff is amazing. Um, I love how hard the drums hit, how they let them hit and echo just a little bit. Um, that just, it, it's just awesome. It's great. You're all about um, the drums tonight. Yeah. Well, and I love this drummer, best one-armed <laughs> drummer in the land. Um, right. I love the music break in this song. And here is something I'm a sucker for. <laughs> I love when you have lyrics just over the drum. No guitar playing, just Ooh. when you have drum in the background. So like yeah, the part where he's funny. got the, I'm hot, sticky, sweet, yep. from my head to my feet. Just the drums behind that. Yeah. So freaking cool. <laughs> so it, this song has everything for me. And I will mention, it's about sex again. <laughs> I, so? I, and, and I can listen to it, <laughs> and I can sit there and, and, and cringe at times, but then I'll be like singing along, and I'll be like, God damn, this is just... <laughs> Catchy as all get out. I, you know, and I can't turn away. That's... It's like Mbop by the Hansons. Like you can't get away from <laughs> that song. Better than that. And by the way, later. as much as I love this one, uh, I brought up Cherry Pine on Skinny Bop. I, I do not love those songs. Those are two of my most hated songs of, of all time. Fair enough. So while I compared I love, it to those, I love those songs. I don't I have fun like when they come on. Doing that because <clears throat> in my mind, that does it as a disservice. Well, thank you. <laughs> wow. All right. Okay. So on, on to the last song of side one. Yeah. Are we good to go? Right. Number yeah, six. On, awesome. Number six on the album. <clears throat> Armageddon it. Great r- guitar riff again to start. I mean, it's just, just awesome. And again, with the sex, you got it. <laughs> but are you getting it? <laughs> Well, this one's about a tease. So, yes. you know, each one's a little different sexual situation. Yes, I yeah. put song about innocent cock tease. That's what <laughs> I wrote down. <laughs> you flash yeah. your bedroom eyes like a jumping jack, then play it pretty with a pat on the back. So <laughs> she's looking to get, but oh, no, no. But she is she getting it? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I love the sound of this song. Uh, mm-hmm. This this could be possibly my favorite of all the singles uh, right now. I, I do not understand why the play on words, though. What what does the word Armageddon mean here? Why isn't it just I'm getting it, or are uh, you getting? Why is they, it Armageddon? It. I think they just decided it sounds better and it sounds cool. I I, I that's okay. Well, about that's the fine. Same, I, just, I didn't know if there was something the I was missing. Thing. Yeah. No, I'm going to go back to our Taylor Swift episode and say they had a word of the day <laughs> and they wanted to stick it in a in a in a, a song somewhere, even though it makes absolutely no sense to to credit Taylor Swift when she does it. It lyrically, it makes a much more sense when they do it. It's just because it sounds cool. Again, and the it, lyrics don't again, matter. Though, it's it, fun. it sounds cool. Yeah. 
Um, I did enjoy the line, pull it, pull it, come on, trigger the gun. Not sure what it means, but I sure did enjoy it. I had written down, you say that love is one when you get some, but then your finger don't trigger the gun. Right. Yeah, there's the tease. Couple yep. Of, uh, yep. Yeah, also I like the I got an itchy finger, follow me. I'm not sure what it means, but it sounds dirty as hell. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. Okay, so now I'm we gonna come... I'm, I'm gonna have to put the explicit lyrics uh, <laughs> or explicit content when I There's upload been this no podcast. Swearing. There's been no four no, letter words. Oh, There's I think been... I did say one. Oh well, <laughs> you might want to throw it on there just for just for good measure. Explicit you content. Somebody yes. somebody said cockties. Now we're flipping the album was... over, huh? <laughs> yeah, now we're flipping the album over, and I gotta so tell you... So this is where I was really interested in you choosing this, because I... A couple of these songs kind of sounded familiar, but, like, I did not know what was coming with these other songs. Mm-hmm. Not having owned the album, so... Well, see, and I remember listening to these because I was listening to them on cassette, and I couldn't just hit the skip on, the like, a disc man back in the day. So... This song, Gods of War, first song not about sex, oddly enough. Maybe that's a why I don't like it. A protest song. It's a protest yeah, a song. political song. Which we got many people um, kind of made fun of him or thought, this doesn't fit on an album yep. where you just wrote Pour Some Sugar On Me. But and hey, Joe you. Elliott, you can do what you want to do, man. Yeah. Right. Well, the good news is it's only six and a half minutes long. So it's a quick <laughs> little ditty. <laughs> yeah. But I like it. I like the link. Get in, kind of. get out. Really? Well, so I think realizing it's the beginning of the other side, I think it's got that long intro again, like women does. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I feel like that's maybe why it's there. And and I also think it has that older pyromania sound again. Like, I really like this song. I think this I, song I kicks too. ass. And I um, could not stand it. They're, really? When they sing like the chorus parts uh i don't know i was listening to it today on a walk i was shooting through these last few songs again and i like it more and more every time i hear it so i don't care what it's about or if you think it doesn't fit it's i think this is a kick-ass song i think it's okay, okay that this one is six minutes and 37 minutes uh sec- seconds long because he said sex. Sex. <laughs> <laughs> there it is <laughs> i just I'd put us over the top. We've now exceeded our limit. Um, <laughs> but uh, what I where I was going was that most of the other songs are are long, and it's just kind of repeating the same thing over and over again. The yeah. reason that mm-hmm. this is long is because they're throwing in the little montages with like mm-hmm. Ronald Reagan and with other political recordings and stuff like that, and they mix it up a little differently, <clears throat> and so it makes it more interesting to listen to. And so that's why I was okay with it. I love this song too. This is probably my sneaky favorite. Wow. Ooh, we got a sneaky favorite. I like it. <laughs> right. Right. When, when we're on the same page like that, that's fun. Yes. Yes. So for me, we this will not song... cave in. They counted on America to be passive and they counted wrong. Huh? That was that's a quote by Reagan that I had written down. That's right. It's in this song. Yeah. Good old so Ronnie. For me, this song <laughs> sounds like a musical montage song for a cheesy 80 movie, 80s movie. Holy like it could be, shit. It could be I cannot believe you just said that. It could be in Dream Warriors. I right? have that movie. line word for word written down about a different song later. Really? The exact same wording you just used. Did you go with Dream Warriors from uh, Nightmare on Elm Street? I didn't. Na- no, actually, I went Police Academy. <laughs> <laughs> 
because that would <laughs> that, that's when they kind of went off track right well there. it's a different song <laughs> right right oh right yeah but this seems like that kind of song like i i, I, I remember watching said that same thing that is insane I remember watching um, the Nightmare on Elm Street where that girl's getting herself ready to go fight Freddy. You know, she's she's taking yeah. the stuff off her mirror and she's putting on her cool jacket and her, or in her bracelets. And I'm like, yes, oh, this is the song. Yeah. This is the song for that scene to I me. Like, that. You know, so, so that... it's what's even more funny is that we both said this exact same random line, but for two completely different, completely reasons. different songs. Yeah. Like your your vision of your movie is nothing like what I'm gonna say. <laughs> well, your movie's probably a lot better than mine too. Oh uh, no. God. Um. All right. So, are we good with uh, Gods of War? Yeah, it kicks ass. All right. We are going to number eight. Don't shoot shotgun. I have no idea what this phrase means. I looked for it online. <laughs> I have no idea. I'm just gonna go ahead and assume. It has something to do with sex. Yeah, I think so. I think it's right. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't. I I know what riding shot. Oh, are you is. not being facetious right now? I am being facetious. Oh, okay. But well, you're well, really no, pulling I, it off here, because no. Well, actually, I don't. I don't know what "don't shoot shotgun" oh, means. Well, I just assumed it means. I guess I didn't pay attention to all the other lyrics, but that it means like you know you don't want to shoot that shotgun too early. <laughs> So you're going premature. Yes. You don't want to go premature. Don't right. shoot. Yeah. I think I, don't I think Joe Elliott has a very high um self-image if he's looking at it as a shotgun. I mean, that's a long gun. You know, so good for him. But well, didn't yeah, they I just refer didn't... to it as a shotgun in um Armageddon it too. Like oh, grab the grab that gun or what what was the lyric you That was you just gun. Were... Pull it, well, pull it trigger the gun okay i guess gun yeah. same thing to me whatever yeah. so i just didn't really get the song it, the 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 whole don't shoot shotgun i my mind was in tangles trying to figure out what the heck he's talking about and i couldn't find any notes on this song mm -hmm. as far as like content right. or anything either so What's that's it about yeah yeah i wrote that it sounds like a single and it seems really familiar to me as one of the i thought it was <sighs> That's what I was going to say. That's amazing. Because I remember this one, um, but I don't think this actually was a single, right? But well, did I you write this it, down? Pete? And I knew this song. Because I actually really did like this song. I thought it was really catchy, but I almost turned it off after the first, like, 20 seconds because I hate the beginning. He says, run for cover in that sneery, snotty voice. <laughs> And then they go, she's so dangerous. <laughs> and it's just the lamest beginning. It sounds like, oh, here's a tricked up, lame, you know, song. But after that, again, it's really catchy and sounds like another single that was never a single. Mm -hmm. But I do like it. I just got to skip the first 20 seconds. There you go. Yeah, I, okay. it didn't hit with me. Pete, what do you got? I, I like the song. Um, I almost had this as a sneaky favorite. Yeah, it's I, up there. It was one that I did know, um, but I had to have Gods of War in front of it. Sorry. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Run Riot. Run Riot, number Run. nine. Is this the one that you had in your movie, Brad? No, no I like this one, too. Yeah. Oh, I thought this, this is where, though, in a movie, I wrote 
that I'm starting to look at the lyrics more here. And I just did, I've mentioned this before, I'm a little, blah, blah. I did this other podcast, a couple of them about the Foo Fighters with these other podcasts. And um, so I've really got into some of the Foo Fighters lyrics and like, you know, they got some really good, meaningful lyrics, especially mm -hmm. on even some of their later albums. And this is where I'm looking at a band. It's a rock band. But like, there's just not a lot of substance to the lyrics when I look at this song. It just, but it, it's the '80s, and that's fitting. It's a hair metal band from the '80s, so I don't expect much. But comparing that, that's just one thing that came to my head. But then I wrote, "Damn it! If this isn't just catchy again, yeah, <laughs> I like this song a lot." The one thing I I wasn't right. crazy about it seemed like it was disjointed, like the guitar riffs and the vocal rhythms kept changing a little too much for my liking. But this to me is your the fight for your right to party song. It's a little bit of a protest. It's kind of like F the man type song. Like we got to get out. We got to go have fun. Like playing by the rules, you know, is no fun and, you know, all that. So that's what I took away from this one. Far and away my least favorite song on the album. Okay. Oh, really? That's what I had. Yeah. Um, uh, and it's probably unfair to compare it to because there's it's comparing against a lot of other great songs. Mm -hmm. um, but as this album goes, it was not my favorite. Um, still, there's some fun parts in it. It had a really good guitar solo. Um, but like Gifford said, it was it seemed disconnected. Um, but the this, this guitar solo itself in it, I thought was pretty good. Mm -hmm. Considering we've been on the same page so much here, Pete, I'm surprised that your least favorite isn't going to be the same one as mine. But mm, so Oh, we haven't not. got there yet? Nope. Okay. Uh, All right. I mean, be there's the Rock, it, but then there's another one. So it okay. better not be the next one. No, it's not. I love so The best song I do on, too. on this side, in my opinion, number 10, the namesake of the album, Hysteria. Go Which ahead. It's a rare thing. It was unusual ballads. that... I don't yeah. care for Love Bites, but this one nails it. Right. It's unusual, isn't it, to have a title track as number 10? Number 10, yeah, so late in the what? album. And just to be the only single on that side. I mean, it's just the whole no. layout's kind of odd when you consider this is just stuck here randomly, yeah. seemingly. Right. Um, I thought it was a great use of the word Mysteria. Yeah, I like that too, actually. Which yes. is an, yes. unknown, an unknown element thought to make up existing forms of matter. A substance seen as the elemental or pure form of something. I mean, these guys are lyrical geniuses. To have Mysteria in your Hysteria song. So mm -hmm. I, had, yeah. I had down, this is a great smooching song. You know, ballad. Yeah. So And I love the music really break in this song as well. And I don't really understand how the lyrics fit but according to joe elliott this song is about spiritual enlightenment and like a deeper meaning behind it and then i went and looked at the lyrics again i don't really get that no. it seems more like a romance stuff. relationships yeah <laughs> <laughs> but he says it's about spiritual enlightenment so yeah well and i can't disagree um but it doesn't seem as much about sex to me as as the other ones. So, but I I really enjoyed I really enjoyed it, and to me again, it's the best song on this on the second side. Yeah, yeah, it's I, a great song. This this is of the four singles that I really song. like. This is the fourth one that holds up really well today mm -hmm. for yes. me. Yeah, totally agree. 
Well, had, we're down if you to want to get that to... girl back. Sorry, one more comment. This yep. one I had written down. If you want to get that girl back and you want to dedicate a song to her, this is the song to do it with. Awesome. You'll fail, but uh, <laughs> this this would be the song that I would that I would this, use. This is the one to go with. Yes. Okay. Well, I would argue that um, you just walk up to her and say, "I need your touch, don't need your love," and that should do it. <laughs> so yeah, that works. So on to number 11, Excitable. Anyone? This is going to be the one that Brad doesn't like. I this is far and away the worst song yeah. on this album. <laughs> <laughs> it is the lamest Knew sounding it. song. It sounds dated. This is the song. It, the lyrics, stand up, say yeah. It's just <laughs> dumb. And because of those lyrics and that sound, this sounds like, an 80s montage song from a not great movie, like oh. a police academy type movie. Or I was picturing, <laughs> I put that down just because the movie I was picturing was Armed and Dangerous, but that's not as well known, so people may yeah. not, but similar type of kind of movie. Just a couple of bumbling idiots, but they're coming on. And and when I listen to it in that respect, <laughs> like I picture that movie, I kind of find it a slightly catchy. But then it just is so long and repetitive at the end. It's like, oh, my God, how many times are you going to say excitable? Right. A lot. I <laughs> a can lot. count them up for you real quick here. So I, I just, do I just not wrote like down that I think he's using the word excitable instead of horny. I think it's about <laughs> sex. Yes. I concur. I think it's about bad cops trying to learn the ropes. <laughs> Citizens on patrol. Yeah. Oh. God, that's good stuff. Uh, anything else on, on this? Not, uh, you this know, I'm not on the same page as Brad on this. Okay. One. I liked it. I thought it was yeah. fun. I what I said was, if they had to pick one more song that they could have made into a hit, it was this one. Oh my! I enjoyed it. <laughs> Talk about you guys were so together I at know. the beginning of this we album, were. and you completely diverged. That's my opinion. I think what I actually I wrote thought, down. I, is I had fun listening to it. Completely the opposite of that is where I felt like they were trying too hard to write some kind of a hit, and then it, you know, it just comes out so lame. And that that could be, that so, could be. Right. But if I picture that movie and go back in time, thirty-five years, I can give it enough credit that it's like, okay, that's fun for two minutes, right? But not five or whatever it is. Well, and I'm yeah. gonna go back and watch Dream Warriors, and then that scene, I'm gonna put Gods of War on and see if. Uh... I like the song or the movie any I'll, better because I'll of it. I'll do the same. So, well, we are going to wrap it up here with number 12. We got love and affection. And to me, this is him just trying to pick up a girl at a bar. He's not Thank looking for sex. love and affection or understanding, just looking to knock boots. That's really all this. <laughs> the this title of this song was really familiar to me to the point where I thought maybe this was a single too that I remembered from somewhere. But it wasn't, so I don't know. I don't have hardly any notes other than I really do like this song. I think it's, as a finishing song to the album, I think it's rock solid. It has a little different sound than a lot of the others, and I like the way it takes you home. Well, and I, he's using I, it as yep. a finishing song based on the lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I, I love the lyric, you're just another girl, I'm just another guy, it's just another night. Hmm. You know? He's just out on the prowl. He's just bored with it. He sounds he's a rock star. Yep. But um, I, I agree with Brad. I thought this was just a really solid closer. 
um, finishes the album really well after that awesome, excitable song. It's a good, <laughs> it's a Glad good chaser. Glad we finished on the same page, Pete. That's nice. There you mm-hmm. go. I loved it. Oh. And that's good the album. album, fellas. Yeah, that was fun. That was it. really wow. fun to go back and and explore the songs that I didn't know that well, and and relive all those hits and and discover women being a song that I thought I thought was totally lame and hated, and we think discovered is women and is awesome. <laughs> so I like I changed my perspective on some songs. I learned some stuff, and mm-hmm. you know it was it's just too long. That I can't believe how long that album is. Yeah, mm-hmm. it comes in at what? What does it come in at? Sixty-three minutes. Okay, that's what it is. It's, so almost it's just five and over, a half minutes, just over an hour. Yeah, that's yeah. Insane. There's a lot of uh, extra little things in there, um, voiceovers and and that's to have like you know, like Gods of War, like Pete said, having a song like that that's that long in an album that that's fine. Like here and there, it, it might fit that particular song, but having every one drag on like that is like. Then it's mm-hmm. like, what are you doing? What's going on here? Right. And I like think. you say, like with Excitable, how many times can you say Excitable? It's like that one uh, new kid song. Yeah. Um, I knew you were going to say that. Which one was that towards the end? Something something about a girl. Yeah, of course. <laughs> but they just repeat the same lyric over and over and over again. So, But still, I think the album holds up. There's so many good songs on it. Um, oh, it does. It's great. And I've listened was, to it like five times in the last week, and I, I could listen to it again tomorrow, even though we don't have to talk about it anymore. <laughs> what if we find out that this was, it was all metaphorical and none of this album was about sex at all? <laughs> I would it's be all about heroin. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of 1987 music, um, I did want to make one um, note. I in In listening back to the original episode of this month from 1987 when i brought up debbie gibson mm-hmm. I, I said that probably the song i would remember and like the most is out of the blue that was the name of the album the song i meant to say was only in my dreams and i heard that and oh like, yeah i screwed that up and i want to go back and correct myself so look at that self <laughs> i'm not going to go back and edit that <laughs> well it's that, uh, that's that's already out pete so it's already out there as there is All no right. time in podcast that's why i want to uh publicly state that i made a mistake uh, apologies to deborah yeah yep. oh and uh last wednesday she was playing here in a theater that my niece works at and i tried to coax pete into going to see her thinking that would be a fun night out and we would also have like podcast material that would fit right in and he just would not go well, we we had a podcast. We could have had free tickets. My my choice was to go see Debbie Gibson for free, or be with Gifford. Um, uh, yeah, you know, we were and recording so, that night, so we would have yeah, had to always ask. a good choice. So, <laughs> I don't know, Pete. I might actually disagree with you, Debbie Gibson or me. Hmm. I, I might go with Debbie. Uh, so uh, yeah. for to, to wrap up this episode, uh, we have not done our top TV for 1987. So we are going to do that here tonight. Uh, who would like to start us off? Um, oh, I, I should go last. This is my okay. episode. So why don't Brad go go first? I'll oh, go is first. this what 
Okay. I don't know what he's talking about. Oh, wait. About. No, no, it wasn't. No, I can go <laughs> too first. Late. Too late. I'm going first. I, sorry. I was thinking I was thinking it was. Like, we last talked week. about TV in that original episode of the month, but we didn't actually state our very favorites. So I'll just yes. quickly go through. These are, again, my favorite shows that I remember at that time. Mm-hmm. And so the Cosby show in 1987 was my favorite show. And eventually that show went off a big cliff. And, of course, now there's all kinds of other stuff. But in no 1987. intended with a cliff. Hey, now. <clears throat> but in 1987, that was my favorite show. And then number two, we mentioned Mr. Belvedere. And I don't remember it. You know, it's been so long since I've watched an episode. But I know I loved it. Mm-hmm. So that's two. Three, I put my two dads because I remember, you know, I watched it every week. And it was about a kid. So it was. I think I had a crush on that girl, too. Stacy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, New Heart. And then my last two are the adult shows. But New Heart number four, because we watched it as a family. And I every week I loved it. And then Cheers. At this point, I was watching Cheers in 1987 every week. And so even though um, I maybe didn't watch the years before until later, I was a fan of the show by this time. And my we would watch it every week. That's my top five. All right. That's a good list. All the other okay. TV shows I mentioned, are, you can go back three weeks and listen to those. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna. St- I- I'll uh, go next with uh, uh, my honorable mentions. Um, it pained me to do this to put on the honorable mention and not the top five list, uh, but there's just too many good ones. I had Golden Girls on my on my honorable mention, um, but. I didn't watch Golden Girls as much back in 1987. I watched it later uh, when I got a little older and when it was in syndication, but that's why it didn't make my top five. And there's just so many other great ones that I'll get to. Also, the honorable mentions were Alf, Wonder Years, Moonlighting, My Two Dads, and Dallas. <clears throat> Excuse okay. me. Uh, my top five, going from the bottom up. Number five, Family Ties. Number four, Night Court. I actually did at that time. I loved Night Court. I thought it was um, funnier than Family Ties. Family Ties overall a better show. But Night Court for me was just way funnier. Uh, yeah, I love I love Night Court. Yes. Uh, and then I had Cheers. Oh, were you going to say something? Oh, I was just going to say that the Wonder Year started in 1988. So I don't know what yep. you were Getting that uh, well, I, I had it. I found it on one. Google when I'm sorry. Well, the <laughs> it was the 87 gonna... 88 season because it actually started in January of 88. I just looked it up. It was mid season because uh, well, I, I didn't think you were right and I wanted to me. know for sure if I was wrong. <laughs> Thank you, Brad, for pointing that out. I'm no, sure it was more for all, all of our listeners um, would have caught on to that too, and uh, we would have lost all credibility if you didn't point that out. <laughs> I wasn't trying to show you that. <laughs> uh, where was I? Cheers at number three. Uh, and then I had Cosby Show for the same reasons you said. My number, number one was New Heart. That was the one I actually wanted to do New Heart for this episode or for this yep. one of our episodes this month. We actually could not find it on streaming anywhere. And we always want to be able to watch an episode or two um, of a show like that and couldn't find it anywhere. So, so maybe by the time we do, do 88 um, or even yeah, 1990 no. when it when it ended, maybe that maybe, maybe it'll be it'll available be again somewhere. somewhere. Yep. Netflix, if you're listening, hint, hint. Right. Uh, so Gifford, that was your list. OK, I got my top five here starting at number five. I got MacGyver. Number four, Mr. Belvedere. I love Bob Euchre. 
Uh, number three, Perfect Strangers and Belky Bartakamus. Uh, yeah, I should have no, had that one on my, yeah. Number right. two, and both of these came from the Tuesday night lineup, Growing Pains, and number one, Who's the... Wow. Tony Dancy, Alyssa Milano, love... Is that really your number one, or is it just because of Alyssa Milano? No, I really liked that show. I thought it was a good show. I mean, it was neck and neck between Growing Pains and Who's the Boss, and they were on back-to-back. So, but yeah, Alyssa Milano probably would have tipped the scales for me on that. Here's where it comes into play that you didn't have NBC. Right, yep, I did not have NBC. So... If I transported back to 1987, Growing Pains might have been in my top five, too. I don't remember. I do, I do know I loved that show at a time, but then mm-hmm. it kind of got bad, and I, my memory of it isn't very positive anymore. Plus, Kirk Cameron, you know, he's a nut, so. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I do know when it first too started, political I mean, on it the show. show I loved. <laughs> we watched it. But right. I agree. All, All right. right. Should we go ahead and uh, close the yearbook there, Pete? You know what? I made a mistake earlier, uh, Gifford, when I said that the uh, uh, the prototypical rock band was Def Leppard. I, oh, that's I think true. I should have said Preacher Row. Yes. Kids, my, uh, parents, if you're trying to teach your kids how to be a great rock band, you should watch video of Preacher Row, not Def Leppard. Or you could do right. both. You could do both. You know, but so you know, might confuse them. All right. So what do we uh, What do we got? Uh, should we give a little preview for for next month? Oh yeah, sure, go for just it. Just really quick. So we yeah we 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 did another month here. We did it. Good job, guys. But yeah. so last July we did um, the vacation series. We took a break from our usual routine and took a movie that was near and dear to us. Well, two actually, and then mm-hmm. added the other two in for a full <laughs> month of vacation movies. Yes. Uh, and now, Gifford, what are we going to do in July this year to keep that tradition going? Well, last year we went on vacation. This July, we're going to do a staycation. Why? So clever. Yes. So we are going to start work? the month, and everything in the month of July is going to be referenced to the great state of Minnesota. So the first... Uh, Monday in July, we are going to do a Minnesota month preview, and we're just going to cover a lot of stuff that is unique or important to us in the state of Minnesota, covering any manner of things from music to the State Fair, Mall of America, Paul Bunyan, just just the things that uh, are unique to us or we feel are unique to us and uh, that are important to us. You betcha. Mm-hmm. So if you are from Minnesota, as many of our listeners are, you will love this month, I think, and maybe yep. um, want to participate a little. And if you are not from Minnesota, you will love it, too, because you will Educational. learn about us and it will entertain and educate you about a state that we are very territorial about. Yes, You are yes. going to want to come to Minnesota and probably live here. Right. Well, and later in the month, we will be doing um, a few games. We're coming up with some games for the month that we think will be very entertaining and fun, and we're hoping to have some guests on as well. So, Strip poker? Uh, <laughs> no. Uh, How can we do strip poker, Pete? We do this naked already. We can. <laughs> <laughs> what am I going to do, take my headphones off? Like, come on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I don't think you're wearing them in the right spot. <laughs> strategically placed. 
And we're off the rails. All right. <laughs> oh, man. I think this is a good time to bring in the preacher row, Pete. I think now the preacher row starts. Here we go. There they, right. are. there they are. There they are. Bye. Good night. See you guys. Sugar. Bye.